Coming to you entirely pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude, I'm Mario Francisco Robles. I'm Brett Miro. Pull up your super underoos and let's dance, because it's episode 159 of the Fanboy Podcast. You are damn right it is. Brett, by the way, I just got to thank you. I want to just open up by thanking you for holding down the fort. I know I've been out for a few weeks dealing with some personal matters. Uh, I'm getting through all that day by day, week by week, minute by minute at times, but I'm getting through. But I want to thank you for holding down the fort here on the Fanboy, keeping the topics rolling, keeping the passionate analysis, doing the thing that you do so well, Brett. So I just want to thank you for keeping the Fanboy alive these last My few pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Sir. And uh, now I just want to know, what are you playing and watching this week? Well, Mario, I'm glad you asked because... I don't know. No, I've actually, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think like if I watched anything that I don't think anything on television really, really wowed me. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually watched everything everywhere all at once again and made my fiance watch it this time. Oh, so I did yeah. talk about that, that on a previous yes, episode, I know, I know. but uh, I watched it again and it's, uh, it's, it's just absolutely fucking incredible. incredible I gotta movie. do it. It, it really, it really is. That and, yeah, it's something special. It. It's something yeah. very, very special, and yeah. it's executed amazingly. But uh, yeah, as far as that, uh, that's all I've been really watching. I've probably watched some other crap in between, but nothing to really talk about. And yeah. then on the gaming front, I have uh, uh, Mario Kart just launched uh, eight new courses. Uh, oh, so the, that the wave the two that... of the booster pass. Nice. So that just came out. I didn't and, know uh, that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's excellent. Got some uh, good favorites. In. First of all, there's actually one entirely new course, which is cool. So they kind of like snuck one of those I in there. I didn't know they were going to um, be putting original courses in. Oh. Yeah, so there's some original courses with the remixes, and then uh, we got like uh, N64 Calamari Desert, which is a great throwback. Um, we got some uh, like I think Snowland from the GBA one. So we got another little ice level in oh, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm booting that up as soon as we're yeah. done recording. You kidding me? Nice. And they've been adding courts, uh, courts, uh, courses from uh, the new Mario Kart Tour, which is like an iPhone yeah. game. But they've been adding some courses from that in here, and uh, they all seem to be themed after like real life places. So they had like a little Tokyo level, I think, in the first wave, and there might have been another one. This level, uh, um, release has New York Minute, which is, takes place in like a fictional New York City. So mm. kind of cool. Um, and there's also, I think, they added one from Australia, Sydney Sprint, which has a banger song banger track to that to that course <laughs> real jazzy really cool i was uh really into it while i was playing i've noticed i don't know if anyone else has if the listeners want to chime in if you played it i feel like i've been playing grand prix on the 150 class on these these new dlc like track waves and they seem to be like a lot harder for me to get like a perfect mm. first place on every race like i tried like several times today and like just kept getting screwed one way or another like by like the third or fourth race after I mean, like that's me first every race. time i do 150 yeah. <laughs> i mean that's mario kart right in general yeah, yeah, but like yeah. for some reason in this this way these dlc is worse particularly worse i don't know yeah. so i wonder if anyone else feels that way if they made it tougher or not but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been doing uh what have you been up to well in terms of watching it's been very very little because honestly i've had like hardly any personal time to just sit and veg on the couch and watch anything lately but in terms of playing i have been able to sneak in a session or two more of Assassin's Creed Valhalla that I told you I got nice, from the uh, nice. PlayStation Plus. And I even got to scratch the surface a little bit on Miles Morales. I still haven't, you know, I was saving that originally for when I finally get my freaking PS5. Right. But now that PlayStation Plus is offering it for free, I'm like, how could I turn that down? Right. <laughs> but uh, I've checked it out. It's cool that, like, it's the same as playing the previous one. It's just, you know, it's with some added coolness but i was able to just right. like, grab the controller out of my son's hands and like oh i know exactly what i'm doing um but yeah honestly that that's really kind of been it i haven't had much time for gaming or watching but you know what i have had time to do i've had time to read the freaking movie news and that's how i knew i have to end this hiatus <laughs> and we have to talk about the insanity happening over with discovery and warner media and dc on film and superman on film so let's go ahead and kind of just dive right on into that because this week the superman on film update is actually the same as the main central thesis for this episode because 
Now, as of uh, a few days ago, it's been announced that DC has a brand new 10-year plan coming up. A comprehensive 10-year plan has been announced by uh, David Zaslav of, uh, what do they call it now? Uh, Warner Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery. And uh, that's going to entail our boy Superman because there's, you know, we're going to get to the quotes in a little bit, but... This seems to be the biggest, most pressing thing to discuss if we want to talk about Superman on film, because if we're talking about DC's entire cinematic future now actually having a coherent plan with with an intent to treat all of these characters with their proper respect and branch them outward and build them up in much the way that Disney and Marvel have done, you know, over the last 20 years now, well, 14 years now, I should say. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty groundbreaking. That's pretty huge stuff. Um, so you know what? Let, let's go ahead and get right. Ra- I, I want to read the quote that kind of gets all this started. Kind of yeah. the thing that got stated at some conference last week that's had fans the world over. Well, DC fans the world over talking. Because uh, depending on who you ask, this is like what we've been asking for. And for certain fans, uh, this is also like the end of a certain era that they thought was coming. So for now, let's talk about this talk of a reset, okay? So during an investor's call, uh, David Zaslav said, um, oh, hang on, I almost read you the wrong thing. See, I, I'm rusty. See, really, you should be <laughs> hosting the show here. No, but here it is. Okay. So he says, you look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. These are brands that are known everywhere in the world. We have done a reset. We've restructured the business where we are going to focus, where this is going to be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC. We believe we can build a much more sustainable business. He, got, he goes on to say, it's very similar to the structure Alan Horn, Bob Iger, and Kevin Feige put together very effectively at Disney. As part of that, we are going to focus on quality. We're not going to release any film before it's ready. DC is something we can make better. So um, it's funny. I've actually seen a little more expanded quotes than that since then. But that's the core thing. So, Brett, sure. when you heard that, what was your just your gut response, your gut reaction? My gut reaction was like, all right, cool, because now it we've been we've been talking right for years about how like does WB have a plan? What the hell are they doing? This is crazy. And and, and we're gonna get into some crazy stuff that also happened recently that I think some people are kind of tying to the old Warner Brothers and their craziness, but it, it's a different type of craziness and may actually be a good thing. But this reset, um, I, I think it's cool because actually here, like, okay, they have an idea now of what they want to do. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that just mimicking the Marvel model is the way, I mean, it's the way to go for money, obviously, because Marvel's just printing money, but Mm -hmm. I just wondered if they were going to really try to differentiate themselves. It seemed like something the old Warner brothers wanted to do. They didn't want to just copy Marvel, but then they kind of did, but then they didn't. And now these guys are coming in and straight up like, no, we're, we're totally, that's a sustainable business model. It works really good. And we need to mimic that and we're going to do that. So yeah. I'm a little disappointed in the unoriginality of it. But at yeah. the same time, I think it's really interesting. It's nice to know that they are going to have a plan and that uh, you know they are focusing on quality, as they say, because obviously that's the biggest thing. We want good critical reception to these films that they're putting out. Um, the other thing that I find interesting, though, is it it with all these other plans that we know are in the works or are about to happen or have been in the mm-hmm. works – now it's like, well, what the fuck's going to happen with all that? Like, <laughs> which parts of these fit into this 10-year plan? You know, and that's well, kind of the crazy spot yeah. that we're in now. So, Well, that's one of the big bits of news that kind of preceded this, didn't it? You know, things that don't fit that plan, right? Because right. the big news was that Batgirl, despite being in post-production, despite being a, a film with lots of stars involved, right? You know, it was going to be the big, you know... Uh, big moment for Leslie Grace to come out as a you know Spanish Batgirl, Latina Batgirl. She was great in uh, the In the Heights movie. But surrounding her, you had J.K. Simmons, you had Michael Keaton, you had um, I don't know, there were a few notable names on that. Brendan Fraser. Like, Brendan Fraser. Firefly, and, yeah. You know, it, it, it seemed like 
it has a lot going for it, right? Major characters, big, you know, uh, at a time when we're all about the inclusion and the people of color, you know, we have a Latina Batgirl. There was a lot of sort of buzz about it. There was, I remember when like, you know, the, the like set leak picture started coming out and there was like yeah. this buzz about this Batgirl film. And here it goes, you know, they filmed it, they get into post and now they've pulled the plug after some test screenings. And it all seems to be part of this streamlining that David Zaslav has in mind for DC and even in, in some other facets of their business, right? Because you were telling me before we hit record that, you know, over in the streaming end of things, there's other interesting stuff going on, right, Brett? Yeah, because it also seems like they seem to be scrapping some of the like planned like Max originals and they're going to be cutting back on some of that content. So it's also like, just curious what they're doing with HBO Max in general, because actually I was looking at a, an infographic recently. I think they as far as satisfaction with streaming services, I think HBO Max is towards the top, considering yeah. that they are one of the newer ones on the on the mm -hmm. block. And I think part of that was they've had a really strong originals offering and there's a lot of great content on HBO. HBO with that name comes a lot of like prestige. Yeah. And it's interesting that they want to cut back on some of this original stuff now because it's like then you're just going to be like you're just going to be on Netflix where you're just throwing like a bunch of old shit at the wall and like seeing if we'll pay for it and watch it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. part, one of the big drivers was, okay, 45 days after the theatrical release, we're going to get the movie on there. And I know now that we're going to have all these like tie-in series which you know for now seem to be safe like these reeves ones that we're going to yeah. tie into the batman seem to be safe and not james gunn of, says that peacemaker yeah, has, james gunn said he's safe with. so it looks like that stuff's not getting messed with but it's just it's just interesting like on a bigger you know away from the dc side even just on the hbo yeah streaming side of things like what what's so what's going to happen like what exactly is the drive why do i need your service now like what's Mm -hmm. You you built this whole uh, base. I mean, you know, with all yeah. these all these things, and now you're gonna like probably stop it. So like, I don't know. I think I think it's still gonna be like a main hub, like for DC, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, HBO Max has the hubs and whatnot. Right, right. I just think that they're trying to make sure that everything they present under that DC banner comes from one coherent place. Sure. As opposed to all these new projects kind of existing in their own little things. Uh, for example, like, let's just talk about this Batgirl movie, okay? Yeah. Because if you're the new owners, right? If you're if you're David Zaslav, if you're Warner Brothers Discovery coming in and you're looking at the current state of DC on film, you see that this, the Batman movie came out and was a nice success for you. But then you hear, oh, yeah, and there's a Batgirl film. So that must be related, right? Let me look into that a little bit. Oh, wait, no, it has nothing to do with the Batman. Okay, right. so I guess it must be related to the Ben Affleck Bat. Oh, no, it's related to the Michael Keaton Batman somehow. But you have the J.K. <laughs> Simmons. You have the Gordon, Gordon from the Batfleck movies. Yeah, but you, but okay, and then and then you have her running around in a suit that looks like it was designed for the CW. You know, yeah. like it has to like what like what are we doing here? What are we going for here? You know what I mean? It, it gets yeah. confusing. And then when you look, you know, just the, DC's been kind of scattershot these last couple of years. And they probably just feel like we need to have everything kind of just focused and streamlined and everything should right. be pulling in the same direction. You know, right now, it just I I don't blame them. I don't right. blame them. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Blue Beetle is the next thing that kind of maybe kind of goes away like Batgirl yeah. did because that hasn't even filmed yet. But that's another one that we're like, is that really important right now? At a time yeah. when we're trying to get Superman right, at a time when we're trying to like, you know, get DC back on top, are, should we really be expending resources on a Blue Beetle movie for yeah. HBO Max, you know? So I Supposedly feel like the Supergirl might be on the chopping block too, yeah. what I'm understanding as well. Yeah. So, you know. I've read that too. I read Which that the too. optics on that is a little crazy that you, you axed two Latina-led yeah. projects. It's not a good look. And it's Blue Beetle too is actually a Latino-led project. I know. You, Zolo, you, Mari, whatever. You have a, yeah. the Cobra Kai kid. You're looking to maybe so, scrap three, you know, <laughs> Latin-led Latinx 
you know, led projects, which is like John Leguizamo is going to have a heart attack. Uh, (laughs) Between James Franco. (laughs) Yeah, between James Franco becoming Fidel Fidel Castro Castro and Warner Brothers potentially axing three Latino-led superhero films. John Leguizamo is going to have a very busy few weeks here. It's because the Latins keep winning all the all the uh, the director, uh, you know, (laughs) Academy Awards in the last couple of years. They're like, we got to We got to yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but look, you know, I guess the bad girl thing to me, look, I feel terrible. I feel yeah. terrible for, for Leslie Grace. I feel terrible for the directors who worked hard on this. We've been reading like heartwarming stories the last you know, few days of, of top tier directors reaching out to them to extend their support. Even Kevin Feige and Edgar Wright yeah. and a few of other, other notable well, people. They directed some Miss Marvel episodes actually to the directors. The oh, pair. there you go. Yeah. yeah so they, they already have a it's connection with Marvel too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Edgar Wright in particular, right? Who he had that long thing with Ant-Man that he was developing yeah. and then it didn't work out. Uh, you know, so it, I'm happy for them that, you know, Hollywood's kind of coming to their side and all that because my heart goes out to them. You know, it yeah. doesn't sound like it's the movie's fault. I know we've heard a couple of contrasting reports. One thing that said it was irredeemable. Uh, yeah. which took me back, gave me like deja vu of when they called Justice League, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League unwatchable when that got right. uh, test screened back in the day. But um, but then we've also read reports that that's not true, that it really wasn't about the quality of the movie. It was just the fact that like it doesn't really fit in anywhere and it doesn't really add anything to what yeah. they want the DC brand to be. You right. know, and, and you know, like it, it's I feel bad for the people involved. Um, but honestly, I kind of get it. And I'm, I, for one, am glad that it seemed, there seems to be an adult in the room now kind of trying to go, okay, let's focus our vision here and just, you know, get one team involved to tell one coherent story involving all these different characters. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of play that's where I think they're heading with it. Not that it's necessarily going to be like, you know, everything is completely interlocked in that way. But this idea that there's one core creative team overseeing everything, I think we're going to see some more logic to the things that are announced. And there's going to be some more synergy in these projects. And it's not going to feel so scattershot, you know? Yeah. Even with things like Titans and Doom Patrol and, you know, and they're also consolidating the Arrowverse is slowly disappearing. They announced that Flash is, you know, next season will be the end of the Flash and pretty much the Arrowverse as we know it is leaving. And it sounds like Superman and Lois, it will eventually find like a permanent home on HBO Max. Like it seems like overall everything is getting consolidated down so we could focus on like the core most important characters and then kind of, you know, branch outward from there. Which, if you ask me, they should have done from the beginning. So, right. you know, to um, me, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, a little inside baseball, too, was yeah. that apparently, you know, one of the other reasons Batgirl was canceled was that they felt that as far as an HBO Max release, it wasn't really going to make money, so to speak, or I guess bring in subscribers. Yeah. And they weren't confident enough that even though I suppose they only had like a $90 million budget, which is like yeah. really like small compared to like million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, still, still bigger, I think, than what what Deadpool, the first Deadpool, was made. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, Tim so, Miller made that for like sixty six. Yeah, yeah, so still small compared to like these other, you know, some of the big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. But um, they also didn't feel like the return in the theater was going to be there, and um, they they I apparently are able to like write the movie off as like a tax expense hmm. and like recoup that money. So that was like another thing too. Um, people yeah. were saying like, oh, it's because they're cutting costs. So they want to do that. But, you know, it, it is, it's a little bit of all of that. Like a lot of the stuff you said too, just like maybe it doesn't really fit anywhere. And, you know, maybe they didn't feel confident. Like I said, a lot of conflicting reports on that. So supposedly like in the test screenings, it was scoring in like the 60s from mm-hmm. what I understand. And But that, apparently that's not uncommon for yeah. an unfinished VFX uh, thing apparently uh, they use the example of the first it movie which you know was a big success and i yeah. really like a lot of thought it was really good apparently yeah. that was scoring in the 60s when they did their unfinished vfx screenings mm-hmm. and look at that how that turned out so yeah. it's hard to judge but you know but also again a lot of voices saying that the movie just really wasn't good or it just wasn't you know but i, I still wonder i'm like well you only spent 90 million on it like you know people are excited for the film you got keaton back it's like 
why not release it unless you really feel like it's just going to be damaging overall? Well, you know, you know so. I'm glad you mentioned the Keaton thing because too, like, listen, for the last like year and a half, two years, the common knowledge has been that since Ben Affleck is really kind of over, you know, Batman and being involved with DC, that they had come up with like a creative workaround. And that's why they were bringing in Michael Keaton's Batman for the flash and that he was going to be signed to a multi-picture deal where he would not only appear in the flash, but he would also appear in Batgirl and possibly like a Batman beyond type deal. And in general kind of be like a Nick Fury mentor type elder right. statesman, older Bruce Wayne for like a revamped justice league to be able to turn to from time to time. But this interesting development and the fallout of the Batgirl cancellation uh, now calls into question, you know, if Michael Keaton's Batman really is going to be as much of a focal point as we thought, or if he really is going to be like the mainline Batman after the flash, which is kind of what we right. were led to believe, you know, Ben Affleck, you know, went and, and retired from being Batman. You know, there was a big thing. He went on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and like, they put his Batman Jersey, they hung it up because, you know, he said he was <laughs> done doing that. Right. So, you know, it looked like if, if we're going to have a Batman, we're going to turn to our OG Batman and Michael Keaton was going to be our big solution. And now, though, we know he's lined up to make his big return to the role in The Flash. But two different things that he's involved in have been scrapped. The first one we've discussed, that's Batgirl. The second thing is apparently he had filmed a cameo of sorts for Aquaman 2. And during test screenings for that, when he'd show up, people would just go, huh? what is he doing here? <laughs> like it's, you know, it got really confusing. So then they had to go and get Ben Affleck back. And like, that's going to be the Bruce Wayne who shows up for whatever quick Bruce Wayne Batman snippet right. has to happen in Aquaman. But like, I bet you that's the same thing that the executives felt when they, you know, right. they're looking at this and all of a sudden here's Michael Keaton. Huh? What is he doing right. there? This is what is going on right now. And I'm, listen, I'm sure, see, maybe those test audiences should have been shown the flash first so that when he shows up on screen, it's not like, what the hell is old that old man doing here? Right. But it also, you know, I think it is just a weird clash because the Bruce Wayne that we know Jason Momoa to interact with is Ben Affleck, yeah. you know, so. You know, like I'm saying, if you're the new owners and you're coming in and looking at the stuff, like there's so much confusion with the Affleck and the Keaton and the Battenson and which, what are the continuities and who knows who and who doesn't know who, you know, uh, I, I I totally get you know, why they'd want to simplify things. But focusing back on our boy Keaton here, um, it's just interesting to think, right? Because Affleck, said he was done and yet last week jason momoa hops on instagram and posts a picture of the two of them and yeah. there he is looking <laughs> all slim and sharp in his bruce wayne gear and it's like you know are you are you leaving or not ben because you keep giving us hope that you might stick around remember i'm one of those people who's like still gonna be forever pissed that we didn't get that solo batfleck movie. yeah so I'm like, just please leave so I can begin the process of fully getting over you. This is like the right. ex who just won't just I need to heal. Back. Like, <laughs> how am I going to heal if you keep coming back when I need you the most? Yeah, it's just it's so strange, <laughs> like the timing of like all of it. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's like you said, like Keaton was gonna show up in Aquaman too. So now they put you know Brute, uh, you know, Ben Affleck back in. And I wonder yeah. if it's because they are like, Well, this is now releasing before the flash, so we need to like they now, well, now, the, true too. It might just be yeah. more a logistical thing because but all that stuff didn't make sense yeah. after Flash. So it was going to be the Flash. That was going to be his reintroduction. Then yeah. you would think, okay, I'll see him appear in Aquaman. I'll see him appear in Batgirl. But now with the shuffling, now he was going to be revealed earlier before we even got into the yeah. whole multiverse stuff. Yeah, now obviously true. he's out of Batgirl because Batgirl's canceled. They removed him from Aquaman two and replaced him with Ben Affleck. So now, do we still keep him in the Flash, or does that get edited? Do we cut that? Does that movie come out? 
I mean, is that part of the 10 year plan? I mean, that movie is not something they could do a tax write off. That's that's like two hundred three no, million listen, dollars. Flash is happening, dude. Flash. And we have the weird Ezra Miller stuff, but it's yeah. like I wonder, do they re-edit that movie and just take the the Michael Keaton? Like, how crucial is he to that film? Can they edit it and have a film where he crucial? I yeah, so it's like crucial. it's just strange. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I feel like if they can tweak anything, it's the finality of Affleck's, uh, you know, portion of the movie. And if he's supposed when, to be in the Flash too. Yeah, and he's so in the Flash like... also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it was initially thought of to be treated like a, as their way of writing him out of the universe. You're writing him out of the story. So maybe you know now they can maybe walk back a little bit of the dialogue that maybe makes it sound like he's gone for good. You know, like I feel like they could tweak that, but I don't think they could just take Keaton out. I think a lot of the Flash kind of hinges around that Keaton, you know, stuff that happens that's already been shown in the teaser trailer. I don't think they could walk that back at this point. Um, but yeah, but it is just an interesting thing to think that, like, at some point it seemed like we were going to get a lot of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. Now, so far, it's just the Flash, and you've got Ben Affleck back as Bruce Wayne filming fresh material. You know, so it's yeah. like, you know, uh, do you think there's any possibility, Brett, that this means that like the Snyderverse is coming back? See, that's the thing. Obviously, I, I see a section of the fandom that thinks like, well, this yeah. opens the door. And I listen, I even said uh, last week, I think I said on the podcast or at least I tweeted it. Um, and I just said, like, never say never. Because yeah. at this point, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, yep. there's a lot of stuff. Like, maybe they say, hey, you know what? We can bring back, you know, the characters from the Snyderverse that we know and continue the stories on from there. And, like, that that already launches us off for the 10-year plan rather than really doing, like, a hard reset, you know, reboot with some of the characters that are still around. Like, yeah. or actors, I should say. I guess, I guess that's really what it revolves around is, like, can we get these people back? If we can, yeah. then maybe we can use it as a launching point. But, I mean, if even if Ben Affleck comes back, obviously we keep Gal Gadot, we keep uh, Jason Momoa, uh, we keep Ezra Miller, even though he's kind of, they, they are kind of a little wild right now. Um, <laughs> putting is, it mildly. Is that, yeah, putting it mildly. Is that truly quote-unquote the Snyderverse if Zack Snyder's not back it's like it's the character or the actors yeah. and their version of the characters from all that but is it quote-unquote if it's not the vision that Snyder had is it still yeah. quote-unquote the Snyderverse so I don't know I think people kind of thinking like that opens the door for that because the thing is too is like what people I never see like taking into account when they're making these tweets it's like yeah. does Zack want to come back yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's, like if the dude that made the Snyderverse, the Snyder in the verse, like he put <laughs> the Snyder in Snyderverse, if he doesn't want to come back and he's kind of done, which like yeah. I kind of don't blame him. It was a tumultuous time in his life. His daughter had committed suicide. His movies were taken away and, and butchered, and I'm sure like a lot of those meetings were fucking horrible and miserable and stressful. This yeah. is, and he's and he's got a huge deal with Netflix now. He's got he's shooting a big movie. He's got a deal to release movies with them. They're all doing pretty well. Like Army of the Dead did well. Um, he's got this movie Moon something. Is it like Moon something? Moonshot? Moon Moonrise? I don't know what the hell it is. Sure. He's got something coming out. Everyone's real psyched for it. it's like a sci-fi movie. So I, I just don't know like. The Snyderverse comeback center is, is Zach coming back? I don't know. I don't know if this yeah. guy wants to come back. And uh, so it's it just, it's it's strange. But no, I mean, my opinion, I don't think, no, I don't think though all those like old plans for the Snyderverse and that five-part Justice League movie, I, I do not see that coming back. Um, could they, since they're already keeping Momoa and Gal Gadot though, uh, there's no reason why if Ben Affleck wants to come back on, they can't keep him on too and, and build out from there and just get some new creative talent and have, you know, have a Kevin Feige in there. Um, now it's a different, it's a different story, but it's, it's not quite the Snyderverse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, listen, I'm with you. I, I mainly asked you that in jest. I, I don't yeah. think that Warner brothers discovery is coming in thinking, I know what the solution is for the future. Yeah. Let's I don't go think back that was the thing. Like the original sort of blueprint that got us here to begin with, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I really uh, don't do that. I, I, I've seen some of the people out there who are holding out hope or feeling like, oh, well, you know, the, they're going to make a new plan and they brought back Affleck. So maybe they're going to try to, you know, reignite some of the Snyderverse plans and yada, yada, yada. Um, listen, I, I feel the, the need to kind of give a brief history lesson on how we got here to begin with, because to yeah. me, this whole thing is just the latest twist 
in a story that's been ongoing and and now for going like eight years practically. All right. Uh, because if you go back several, several years, right, you know, Zack Snyder began his tenure in 2013 with Man of Steel when that was considered a moderate hit. And yes, it was only considered a moderate hit. They decided to move forward with the sequel and they went with Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And then uh, Greg Silverman has since come out in the years following that to kind of be the executive who takes the uh, the the blame, so to speak for asking Snyder to make the kind of movies that he made. He apparently wanted to do something that was darker and more like poetic and grandiose and, and kind of like a counter program to what Marvel was doing at the time. So mm -hmm. he wanted, he, he wanted them to go towards what BVS was and what Zack Snyder's justice league was going to be. But I guess he was like, not, powerful enough or his opinion wasn't shared by the rest of the WB brass because after he asked Snyder to make those kind of movies and approved of the scripts that Snyder and Terrio and everyone kind of worked on by the time we got to the test screening phase of things the studio got total cold feet on that entire creative approach and then the rest is history right they cut right. a half hour off bvs they immediately ordered rewrites of justice league they hired jeff johns and john berg to babysit Zack snyder as he filmed justice league with daily rewrites and all kinds of insanity going on and then they brought in joss whedon to basically remake the entire freaking movie again right. and then that set up a bunch of things that didn't happen, right? Because Justice League was, it set up the Legion of Doom at the end. It set up more Justice League movies, you know, seven chairs with room for more at the table there at the right. Hall of Justice, right? And at the time, you know, they're setting up Legion of Doom and Justice League 2 and 3. That went absolutely nowhere. And then now suddenly they started going into this idea of, okay, now instead of everything being interconnected, now we're going to do the worlds of DC where everyone is kind of on their own little world and we're going to move the characters outward and they'll have their own spinoffs and sequels, but not be so dependent on one another. You'll have Aquaman one and two, but you'll also have the deep or whatever, you know, that that's like, it's set within that world. Then you'll have, right. you know, a Superman thing that's related to its own thing and a Krypton spinoff off to go with it and you'll have you know the idea was we don't we're, we're not going to have all these movies be so interlocked at any interlocked anymore we're going to just branch everything out we're no longer going to try to do the big cinematic universe like marvel's doing which is what we had sort of been doing for the last couple years so now all of a sudden that was the plan now we're no longer doing interlocked movies now we're moving everything outward but now over the course of the last few years, the results on all of that have been very, very hit or miss. You know, for every Aquaman that gives you a billion, for every Joker that gives you a billion, you get a Birds of Prey that gives you 55 cents, you know, and you have a Shazam that is very, very well liked, but only does okay. Because right. right now people don't have that brand loyalty for DC yet. And they don't have that that guaranteed sense of, well, it's a DC movie. So if I know, if I go, I'm going to have a good time. That's yeah, what they there's have no confidence. Other brands. Yeah, you know, there's there's yeah. no consumer confidence in them, and that's why now you look across at everything that's had to happen since. Again, this is all in reaction to what happened in 2016 and 2017 when they greenlit BVS and Suicide Squad and Justice League, and then decided before they released those three movies that they didn't like any of them enough to release Perfect. them the way they were. You know, so and all of this came from the decision to give Zack Snyder more creative control after Man of Steel was only a moderate hit. Right. So, again, the decision to double down on the Snyder vision in 2013 and, and, and continue to double down, because not only did they, did they announce BVS, but then at a certain point, they delayed BVS to now flesh it out even more and add the other Justice League characters and use it as a launch pad for the entire DC Cinematic Universe. That happened during pre-production for BVS. So they right. like doubled and tripled down on Snyder. And then before the first movie could come out from this new plan, they hamstrung him. I mean, it, it's just, it, I've, I've discussed a lot of this ad nauseum, yeah. but it all connects 
to this, like we're still feeling the fallout from those decisions. We're still yeah. like, here we are in 2022, still looking at a studio, trying to figure out how do we make the most of this? Because on some level, they're still licking their wounds from six years ago. It's like, it's crazy that we've been watching this all unfold in live action right before our eyes. Yeah. And now here's just the latest permutation. Here's the latest sort of, you know, twist on things. Uh, but no, j just to kind of put the, that idea to rest. Uh, no, I think the Snyderverse is the last thing on their mind. I think if they brought Ben Affleck back, it's because right now it's for the sake of consistency. It's for the sake of right now until otherwise is, you know, until we state otherwise, this is the main line Batman because he's the one who knows Aquaman. He's the one who's interacted with right. Wonder Woman. He's the one who found this Barry Allen flash the first time around. You know, so I think it's just a matter of being consistent. It's not their way of going, we want the Snyder creative back. It's just right now, Ben Affleck, until he's bowed out of the role officially on screen and not on a late night talk show, he's still our Batman. So we got to have him there. But I don't think that this has anything to do with the Snyderverse. Um, right. But also, now let's just talk about the very idea of rebooting the reboot. Because, look... This is a total kind of, you know, Deadline did a whole great uh, report on this about mm -hmm. how what Zetslav's doing is really just an abject rejection of what Jason Kilar had in mind, which was really just an extension of Walter Hamada had in mind, which was that idea of like kind of giving all the characters their own space to kind of breathe and kind of moving everything apart and not, have not having everything come out of one central nucleus. So now we're moving back towards the one central nucleus. Right. And it's interesting because like, I know for one, our buddy over there, I know Mr. Batman on film, Bill Ramey's probably pissed at this. And I want to have him on the show soon to rant about it. Because one of the things he was super excited about was that everything was going to be separate again and that everything would just be right. like, I can get good Batman movies. I could watch good Wonder Woman movies. I could watch good. I, I don't need to have all of these things be interlocked in order to enjoy them. And now it sounds like, nope, we're going back to the idea yeah. of there's one core team. So you know that all this stuff is going to be with the idea of getting crossovers and big event films in mind. And that was the thing the deadline brought into the mix that I think is important to note here that he kind of it, it, deadline kind of puts it like he viewed Killar's approach as two kind of like small ball. It's a bunch of little moderately successful DC things happening at once. He wants DC to build to major like event films. He wants, you know, he, he wants it to be just like on a grander scale. He wants to have the tentpole DC characters, the mainline faces of the brand carrying the brand forward and working from there. You know what I mean? As opposed to just having a bunch of moderate successes, you know? So, you know, it, it, it's crazy to see how much like how much has changed, how much has stayed the same, how much we've reverted back to an old plan. But now that what's old is new, but this time it actually sounds pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, and now the question becomes, do they find like the one central person like we've discussed? You know, right, right. now all he talked about is there will be a dedicated team. He didn't say that there would be a dedicated person, you know. Right. Um, so I just wonder, like, is this going to be like a committee type deal or is there going to be an adult at the table who goes, all right, this is the direction we're going in and we all got to work together. Right. Because you know, that's going to be interesting to see, too. You know, um, and like I I'm about to I'm adding another topic right here, because yeah. what does this mean for because someone who doesn't have a lot of say right now is Mr. Walter Hamada. Because he's currently the DC Films president. And wouldn't you know it, there are reports that he almost quit over this Batgirl news. Right. It sounds like he basically had no say in it. Let me repeat. DC Films president Walter Hamada had no way to protect Batgirl. He couldn't save this thing. He pretty much just found out about it the way we did. So... 
Uh, remember a few months back, there was a lot of talk about, you know, what is the balance of power? Is Walter Hamada going to stick on, you know, stay on with the new regime and what's going to happen? Well, this looks like Walter Hamada is slowly kind of uh, becoming a futile force over yeah. there at DC Films. If he, you know, if Batgirl, a film that he greenlit, a film that he helped produce that has his name on it, could get cut and he can't do squat about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that answers a lot of questions about Walter Hamada, too. Um, but what do you think at this stage of the game, Brett? Like, do you want them to have that one guy? Or are you willing to try to treat it like a, like a writer's room type of deal? Kind of like the Star Wars end. You know, like in Star Wars, there isn't necessarily that central architect. You know, Kathleen Kennedy is there. But right. you don't get the sense there's one person. There's a few. You know, you got Favreau. You it's got Filoni, Favreau, Favreau yeah. yeah. There's a little nucleus of creative people. So what are you thinking? Are you liking the idea of having, like, the main guy? Or having a team work on these things? I mean, I'm always a... Well, I'm, I'm of two minds, right? Like I, I don't like the too many cooks in the kitchen or too many yeah. hands in the cookie jar, so to speak. But to just have it like one guy and it's all like his. Because I mean, listen, even think Kevin Feige, he's the face of it, but I don't think it's all just him. He definitely has a couple yeah. of people and is here with them. You know what I mean? He's but got, he's and kind he's of got the some face writers he turns to a lot too. Like the you know, the last names, Marcus and McFeely. The, that duo, right. I think they did like, all three Captain America movies and like two of the Avengers movies, you know, they have some writers that they've leaned on a lot. I mean, he's has some writers that he's right. leaned on a lot to flesh out his world. So yeah, maybe something yeah. just along those lines. Just, you know, you have a few steady writers who work across several projects uh, just so that there's like a consistency of vision and tone. Yeah. I know? think a small, a small team is nice. And then you just, you just get a couple of, Right, it's always good to bounce ideas of each other, have a couple of different ideas, a couple of different people who could oversee things or that you could kind of like pitch off to watch over certain projects and stuff like that, rather than just being everything on one guy's shoulders. And if we hate that one guy's interpretation of everything, then yeah. you know, that's that. So over I mean, listen, whether you agree like copying quote unquote copying Marvel is a good idea or not. I don't know. I mean, I was I was liking when they were doing the worlds of DC and it was going to be these little pocket universes, yeah. a little more detached. Um, but at the same time, like there's no denying that when you have a, a like there are there because everything is connected at Marvel. There are shows that I honestly probably would never watch if they were just released or in their own little bubble. But because and I'm like, oh, thing too. it's yeah. going to tie in. Listen, Miss Marvel was not on my radar, but then I heard. Some crazy stuff happened in it or, yeah. or was said in it. I don't want to spoil it. I don't know if you saw it or anything like that. No. So I think I've spoiled it in previous episodes, but <laughs> I won't do it on this one. Yeah. But uh, there was some stuff and I was like, well, shit, now I have to watch it. And guess what? Yeah. Like getting my eyes on that, you know, it, it's that's cha-ching, cha-ching. That's like yeah. they, they've won the time battle of my time going to Disney Plus to do that. So I get from a business standpoint why they want it. So, yeah. again, you could agree with it. You could hate it. But – you know, that's what they're, that's what they're going to do. And, uh, I think just like overall, I, it'll probably be a good thing. Overall, it will probably be a good thing to have, listen, everything that we've seen in the last like decade hasn't worked. So, I mean, maybe this is the right, is the right change, you know, and the right people. are. It's been like feast or famine, right? We're either eating yeah. amazingly well or we're eating, uh, what the hell just happened here? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, for me, when it comes to all this, I feel like, on the one hand, I feel like it's about time. I really do feel yeah. like this is long overdue. Uh, I know that through all these permutations over the years, the idea of having the pocket universes and moving everyone onto their own thing, I understood why they wanted to do that. But deep down, I've always seen the value in having everyone exist and coexist and, or at least having it be from like one coherent vision, you yeah. know, because like you said, it gets, it draws people to characters and properties that they would never normally watch, you know, and it builds like a brand loyalty where like now Marvel is just a part of certain people's like lifestyle now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there are certain people who've grown up where they've been watching Marvel movies their whole lives and they've checked out the Marvel, the, the, the spin-off uh, TV series that now attached to it. It's a whole thing. 
And then you look at yeah. DC, and like I brought up earlier, you, you might love Titans, but Titans, you know, that, the Batman there has nothing to do with anything happening there. And you might like Doom Patrol, but those characters and that cyborg has nothing to do with the cyborg that you've met here. Like everything being completely on its own. Same thing, and the Arrowverse is on its own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just feel like if I'm an outsider looking in at this business, and now I'm buying this business, I would want coherency. I would want that unified vision. So I'm very, very happy that this is happening. Yeah. Um, and especially because I'm just going to go back to the beginning of that quote. You look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. These are brands that are known everywhere in the world. Like this is Aslev. Once again, he's coming in. He's saying these are, you know, we have tentpole mainline characters here. What are we doing? pushing them to the side to get a Supergirl movie greenlit real fast and to try to make a Batgirl movie that isn't related to our hit Batman series. You know, like what are we, you know, what is the point of all these things if they're not all working together to, you know, towards the same end, right. you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm pretty damn excited. I'm pretty damn excited. I want to see, you know, it sounds like they're very confident about the slate that's coming. Uh, I have a quote here uh, also from that. He says, um, first of all, just further stuff that David Zaslav said about the quality over quantity. He said, we're not going to release a film to make a quarter. We're not going to release a film unless the focus is going to be how do we make each of these films in general as good as possible? Uh, and then he he touted what's to come. And you mentioned The Flash, like what's going to happen with The Flash, right? Right. And he said it as of last week in this investors call. He says, we have some great DC films coming up. Black Adam, Shazam, and Flash. And we're working on all of those. We're very excited about them. So he's still publicly mentioning Flash in the same breath yeah. as the other stuff that's coming. So that one's safe, I guess. Yeah, yeah just and we're getting it. hearing that even you know, even in all the reports about Ezra Miller's uh, outlandish behavior of late and really worrisome stuff going on, um, you know, and not that it's as important as this person's health and them not hurting anybody, but. The silver lining is that apparently the Flash movie is like being loved by by yeah. test audiences. The buzz on the movie is that, whoa, this is going to do it. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is a great DC movie that's going to rejigger the timeline, reset our heroes, and give us a place to go to next. So as long as that's still the case... They're just, they're going to do whatever they can, but they're going to release this damn thing, you know? And yeah. the fact that Zaslav, uh, as of a few days ago, is still mentioning it there in the same breath as Shazam and Black Adam tells me we don't have to worry about that. Because I was looking for that. I'm like, I wonder if he's just going to, like, just downplay that. Yeah, one, like gloss you know? over it. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, just focus on Shazam and Black Adam because those are coming out this year. And why even bother talking about Flash? Yeah. But he's still talking about Flash, so... I, I think for now that whole situation remains safe. Um, but now, you know, as I'm thinking about this, right. And I'm trying to like creatively problem solve um, something that dawns on me that like, I wonder if they would push for, if, if you're David Zaslav and you're looking at the flash and you're worried about this idea of having Michael Keaton back as a, as the mainline Batman and all this kind of stuff seems kind of like, hokey and strange to you i don't know could you see them going to andy muschietti and saying i want you to add a scene or a sequence that it actually involves battinson involves the robert pattinson batman just to kind of show that like Yes, all of this stuff is together. That batman is not, you know, and maybe make it so that like he is the Batman moving forward, you know, like we get you know, like we see the old school Michael Keaton one almost for nostalgia for the same way we saw Tobey Maguire in Far From Home, but he's not really sticking around. And we see Ben Affleck's Batman, but that's like the Andrew Garfield one, another one where like he's not right. really sticking around, but they could add a thing where the Battinson one shows up. Because really, in theory, you know, they should want to have all of this stuff work together. And I know that like hurts people's souls because Matt Reeves created this beautiful world. 
but like you gotta think they want these characters to not be completely segregated from one another right so like how would you feel if through some weird multiverse loophole they're able to make the pattinson thing work with the ezra miller flash and all that stuff like would, right, would I, that be okay for you or would that be like ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, well, because the thing is, obviously, I, I loved the Batman, um, and I yeah. love the world that Reeves created and that we're going to see expanded. Uh, as, as of right now, the, the Penguin uh, series yeah. seems to be safe, and um, I forgot whatever happened with the that, – that that everything just morphed into the Penguin series, right? Or is there still a Gotham yeah. PD series, or that's all I the I think Penguin the Gotham now? PD became the Penguin. Yeah. Was there a like second that. one, though, or am I making that up? It's really just that one now? Anyway, I think, yeah, it's something yeah, like maybe it is. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that expanded on there and I love that world, but it just, the thing is like, yeah, I could see them wanting to, I guess, like maybe loop Pattinson in and that, but tonally, I feel like the Reeves universe or movie don't, doesn't really fit with the Batfleck, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman universe that is, you know, the, the remnants of the Snyderverse, we'll call it. Yeah. Like, I don't think tonally they fit. So it's not like that I'm like 100% against it, but I feel like I feel like you need to like reset the tone and what this 10-year plan is going to be first before you start doing that. Like I feel like hmm. there needs to be something like to just start like jamming them in there now and like and it's I'm curious too like how much pull does Reeves have? Can WB just go at him and be like, listen, man, you got to make this work in the thing and does he have to listen or does he just well, back yeah, out and say, yeah, fuck this, I'm not thing. doing it. That's so I'm just too. That we it's were discussing weird. off air yeah. right before we recorded. Like, I don't even know if his creative, you know, freedom clause or whatever it is that he had negotiated back in 2017 when he bailed on negotiations. And then they said, fine, we'll let you do it however you want. Like, does that even still work anymore? Like, yeah, does that fit Zaslav's like view? Yeah, like whatever creative freedom. Remember, like uh, it wasn't even Hamada and Emmerich who gave him that freedom. It was right. Johns and Berg and uh, that woman's I and something. Uh, Sarnoff, yes, and Sarnoff, yeah, yeah. So it was Sarnoff, Berg, and Johns who told Reeves, "Yes, make your Batman movie your way." It doesn't have to fit in with the rest of the universe. But since then, that you know, that guard became Hamada and Emmerich. And now it's Zaslav and his team for this 10-year plan. So I'm like, as we've gone through these, you know, uh, regime changes, does Reeves' creative freedom, you know, survive through the through that? You know, right. I don't know. I don't know. And if he signed to a three-picture deal at this point, like if they do mess with him. Does that mean he can walk? Because, well, now you went back on the thing. Like, I, I, you know, this is where I would love to find like an entertainment lawyer who could like help right. explain that to be like, listen, if it says in the contract, if there's verbiage that says you could do whatever you want, but then another company buys the company and says, we don't really want to <laughs> do it that way anymore. Do they still have to honor that verbiage? You know? Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because I've always said, there's no way that anyone likes having a Batman that is completely separate of everything else. He's considered right. one of the Holy Grail characters. And in theory, now all the rest will get to interact. You know, we, we, we have Shazam and Black Adam and there's rumors of them being involved in the Flash. So it basically makes it seem like every other DC character coexists except Matt Reeves and his little dark Batman right. off in the corner. You know, I, I, I could see someone at Warner Brothers Discovery going, all right, that's ridiculous. We got to fix that. Yeah. And a, lo a long time ago, I mean, we had brought this up or I had brought it up again and I'll yeah. bring it up again now. Like it. maybe if, if the if the plan is, I mean, it is, it is the plan now, right? We're having this 10-year interconnected thing. Everyone's connected except for Reeves. Well, and we should throw in, the, we're getting we it looks like the sequel for the Joker is still moving forward. Lady Gaga even tweeted some yeah. stuff, so she's officially definitely That's happening. Quit. Yeah, because I don't think that was like official, that was like a pretty strong report, but like yeah. she straight up tweeted like a teaser thing. So if that's happening, like maybe, maybe we bring that DC black, black label, label tag. 
Because then the Reeves thing could be DC Black Label. We could still have Joker in its sequel as a DC Black Label thing. And that would help for the consumer, for us, for the fans, to differentiate what's connected and what's not. So, like, this is the DCEU, or if we're still going to call it the fucking DCEU, which is (laughs) stupid. Like, if we're still going to call it that, like, and, and that's Aquaman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Shazam, Black Adam uh bat flag superman, yeah. <laughs> superman and that's going to be that thing and then you still allow these little pocket universes but as long as they're i don't think there's anything wrong with having these isolated things that are not in the mix as long as you label them properly and you and and i think if you make some kind of marketing arm of it and just say this is like the dc black label maybe you spin it out as its own little like studio and they do smaller projects that are independent of this continuity i think that plan still works i mean i don't know like how far the money goes you know where you're stretching that out to like now fund this whole other arm of productions but i think that that's what i would do is like you know and and they're like they're doing it but they don't have that separate label of of it it doesn't have a little home a little a little hut to live under Mm -hmm. you know and that's if they did that i think that's a way to have your cake and eat it too I agree. And it is notable that all this Joker stuff seems to be kind of happening and moving forward and getting a release date, even with Warner Brothers Discovery coming in and kind of streamlining everything DC. Well, because it made a bill. The first one made a billion dollars. It made a billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, and I'm sure that they're going to make sure that they actually like bank, like uh, make money on this one. Because I, I heard that Joker, the way it worked out, uh, Warner Brothers apparently saw very little of that money. Apparently, I, I have to look it up. There's a whole, I've had it explained to me before by people who understand movie finances better than I do. But oh, apparently, I think I read like, about this, yeah. They had like offset a lot of the costs by like having international backers, I think. So the international backers got most of the money. Like there's some other thing like that. Yeah. I heard Phillips had to get like funding from somewhere else. They didn't get all the funding from Warner and then they put it back to Warner or something. Cause Warner, I think they didn't, maybe didn't want to do it. They didn't want to have that much. Here they are with their second DC movie to ever make a billion. And apparently they didn't get much of any of that. So, you know, for Joker two, they're going to like, dot those i's and cross those t's and make sure that this one actually you know the windfall comes to burbank and you know what's funny is that like okay so batman is obviously reeves's universe is kind of at this point right now it's separate okay and then the joker is also a totally separate thing but the even greater thing is that the joker is a a character from the batman series and even those two things are not even connected (laughs) like those don't even fucking go together so it it is it is wild but and then there was gonna be a batgirl movie from a third different that was like that is like half in the in the old Snyderverse mythos and, and like half, half in, the in its verse in in the burton verse so like yeah it really it really is fucking i'm telling fucking you wild. that's why i'm like you know i know some people are major bummed about this bad girl cancellation but i'm like honestly that was always just gonna be like a what the hell are we doing here unless it was yeah. like just you know they have marvels great what? They have Marvel's What If and they have DC's What the Hell Are You Two in Here? <laughs> what the hell are we want, doing here? I want that series. DC's What the Hell Are We Doing Here? <laughs> you get <laughs> and Jeffrey just, Wright and you narrate yeah, that one too, you know. And you just get like all these random stories that all are fucking a mishmash of every fucking iteration they've ever had. Yeah, George Miller's Justice League Mortal gets an episode. Yeah. I mean, you, you may as well. DC's um, What the, what the hell, hell Are We Doing, are we doing Here? here? <laughs> this I mean, is, that's that's what it's become the last i year. think I, mean, I need to make a call to mr zaslav <laughs> because i think you and i just fucking cracked everything you do a dc black label dc's what the hell are we doing here and then you just have your weird i mean we, we went through it let's just recap one last time okay <laughs> it was a batgirl movie that has a a black-ish looking batgirl but is not Jeffrey Wright's daughter from the Batman, that, that Commissioner Gordon. No, 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 no. Her Commissioner Gordon is J.K. Simmons, but her Batman that she interacts with is Michael Keaton. <laughs> like, what? Can you imagine, like, explaining that to someone who just doesn't follow this stuff that closely yeah. and is like, what is going on? 
Yeah. You know, so it, it was always just a big confusing mess. Yeah. Uh, but Batgirl, rest in peace. Um, yeah. Sad. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, what, did we leave any stone unturned on this topic, Brett? Was there something else that you were hoping? There- yeah, there's just like a, it's like a small little like thing, but yeah, just because I've seen you know, well at least when the news first broke, and then there was like less extra quotes and stuff, but yeah, people were going, "What the hell is wrong over at Warner Brothers? They're you know they you know they have no plan. They're crazy. They make no sense." And I did want to break that down a little bit because sure, again for the people that don't follow this stuff like insanely like we yeah. do, like. It's easy to look at all the crazy shit that happened with Batman vs Superman, the Justice League. That's been very public, and how all that shit got. You know, we've talked about it yeah. today. How everything hit the fan with that, and then connect this thing to as a continuation of that turmoil. And and it seems very tumultuous because we're looking at them canceling a already shot and finished film. Yeah. But I want to make it clear to everybody that while this also seems crazy and it's easy to tie to that, there's been an entire regime change. So while this seems absolutely insane, it's actually not uh, in a way it's, it's, it's not connected to that turmoil and it's not because DC and WB don't know what the hell they're doing now. It's because they have a plan and they want to make sure that that plan is executed the way that they, they, they figured it out (laughs) the way they figured it out to be executed. So I want to just point that out because I think a lot of people are just going, Oh my God, they still have no plan. They still have no idea. No, they, they didn't cancel Batgirl because they didn't have a plan. They're canceling Batgirl because they do have a plan now. Because and they listen, actually do. Yeah. I could talk it, about this yeah. till I'm blue in the face until we see the results of this plan, but they I have know. a plan now. So, yeah. you know, whether you like it or not, well, sh- I think funny. <laughs> for long time listeners of this podcast, you can go back to like episodes, like, you know, 20, 30, 40, where I'm talking about, they've got a plan. I swear there's, there's, <laughs> They're working on something there. We man. all You're said that for love it. Yeah. They finally like, have a plan. You know, we've been hoping that they have a plan. Now it sounds like they have a plan. And yeah. to, to piggyback on what you said, though, too, it's like there hasn't even been just one regime change. There have been multiple because Warner Brothers went from Warner Brothers to Warner Media. Remember, that was the first thing where it that's was right. Warner Brothers and AT&T. And that's what brought in Jason Kalar and all that sort of stuff. And then the Warner Media thing got bought out by Discovery. So now here is our next regime change. So that's the other thing, too, where it's like it keeps changing. But And then the regime, how- regime at DC is constantly has and been then, changing yes, as well. Everything's been in flux. Yeah. But what, and what as should we've be seen- noted... Yeah, I was going to say, as we've seen from their investor call, too, it looks like they are calling DC its own studio now. I don't know if yes. you saw that little tidbit, but the way they listed it, it is actually like a branch in its own studio. So it's it's basically yeah. like Marvel Studios. We now have basically DC Studios. Which finally, so, yeah, honestly. Still shaking yes. up. Yes. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Give me that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Yes. I want a team of dedicated DC people working on my DC stuff and not just a bunch of satellite groups making random things with fan-made looking costumes um but there was one other thing about this uh that i have completely lost now see i'm a little rusty i haven't podcasted in a month i killed you it's because i cut you off (laughs) no i lost it but um yeah well i guess that's just gone forever we'll have to remember that one for for episode 160 of the fanboy podcast but uh yeah, I guess I really don't have anything else for this. So, Brett, do you have anything else that you'd like to say to the people? Oh, how do you like that? You there like it is. Wrapping up the show and then remembering it. Yes. That's always how it so, happens. <laughs> in terms of the money spent, similar to what happened with Warner Media and Zack Snyder's Justice League, it is important to note that when Warner Media spent the $70 million on Zack Snyder's Justice League that they spent to finish it, those were the first dollars they'd ever spent on the film, right? And similar here with Warner Brothers Discovery, it's easy for them to axe certain things and cancel certain stuff because that was all done with other people's money before they were in charge, you know? So it's not like it's their money that went to know that that, that they've thrown down the, the drain for no good reason. That was Warner Media's expenditures. And they're like, yeah, that was a stupid thing, but we're in charge now, so we're not doing that stupid thing anymore. 
right you know but it's just but it's important to note that too that as the as the things as the, as these mergers happen you know the new entity isn't really on the hook for the what the old entity did you know right. so warner brothers discovery is coming in and basically trying to like you know start with a fresh slate spend some fresh money on things that are actually going to help grow this brand and get that customer that consumer confidence back and create a thing here for DC where you know everyone just assumes greatness when they see that DC logo right and right now aside from people like us who still think that could happen when we you know it warms my heart when i see the dc logo by and large you know in pop culture terms uh you know dc ain't doing so hot compared to the uh our, our other esteemed competition so we're gonna take a, a page or two out of their book but hopefully we kick their asses at it too that's yeah. how i think that is the wrestling fan in me i get all like yeah. tribal sometimes and i want my group to beat your group because listen I love me some Marvel. I love me the Avengers, but DC's my first love. DC's yeah. my heart. So if they can get, if they could build to a Justice League film that at some point has the pomp and circumstance and epic build of like an Avengers Infinity War or Endgame, that to me is the epitome. And that is what this is all for. We should yeah. be pulling in the direction of the most jaw-dropping Justice League movie that's ever happened, as opposed to the one that came into theaters and I forgot by the time the credits rolled. You know, as opposed to this limbo where there's no really huge event film to look forward to. And now we've got this Flash one that looks like it's going to be that big sort of almost, because of the amount of characters on it, you could say it's almost like a Justice League light, kind of like Captain America's Civil War was like yeah. an unofficial Avengers. So we've got this Flash event film that Ezra Miller keeps threatening to take away from us. <laughs> but like, you know, I want to be I want to be a fan who lives in a landscape where I know that there's big, epic DC shit coming around the corner. And uh, I think having a dedicated team working on a 10 year plan is the way we get there. We don't get it by having just a bunch of random filmmakers following their muse and doing their own riff right. on a character. So to me, this is all good news. And it's all even better news to me that we got together this week and recorded episode 159 of the Fanboy Podcast. Um, listen, folks, if you want to have questions or comments or anything uh, dealt with here on the show, uh, you could send it over to the Fanboy Podcast at gmail.com. You could also follow our Twitter account at the Fanboy Show and tweet us over there. Uh, this week's episode, we actually got a couple of in our inbox has lit up a little bit there, Brett. Yeah, I've been but, doing uh questions as much as I could over the last couple of weeks. There yeah. was a few I saved because they were Superman yeah. adjacent, and I want you to weigh in because you're gonna speak to it a little more, yeah, yeah, I've than seen I can. That. yeah. So, so yes, yeah, definitely... so I apologize, listeners, not this week just because we're already over an hour. We just got back and together, we, we but... wanted to focus all this yeah. on the 10 year plan and the reset thing. But next but, week we'll definitely we'll do a whole bunch of uh, listener questions. Uh, for promise. sure, for sure. Keep them yes. coming. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing reviews and subscribing and telling all your friends that you know of the coolest fanboy podcast around, and it is the fanboy podcast. So, folks, until next week, life is chaos. Now, what is it again? <laughs> What I think we just got rid of we got rid of the life is chaos. That's so right. you just do the be the be kind. Oh, that's right. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Until next week, be kind and stay fanboy. Adios. So long. <laughs>